0: But often we just don't realize that till so maybe sometimes we hear the word spoken or we have the inner experience or we have a dream in which that takes place. And I'm sharing that today because this morning I was once again reminded in an inner experience where that radiant form of the teacher that I am and soul and spirit was asked and called upon by many to assist, to help. And there I found myself, through God's loving, moving that radiant form to assist those souls on the journey, asking to be freed, asking to find the way out. Help me, help me. But then also teaching to bring understanding, wisdom, opportunity of how to walk the inner journey so that that inner radiant form of the teacher could now lift the karmas off of the soul for its greater freedom. I hope I'm being clear so that you realize in this journey it really is a relationship and there's a way to live it. It's not you go, help me, God, take it away from me. It's go, help me, God. I invite your loving in and I ask for your assistance to help me come to my greater awakening and understanding of how to live the loving more fully in me and through me to walk this journey of life and greater freedom and devotion. Let me learn from the opportunities I have before me. And I ask and send your divine presence into all so that I may see and come to the greater understanding and awakening in these opportunities before me and do my part and also letting go so that you can walk with me and lift that which I have fulfilled and have been willing to participate and now let go so that I may realize my greater liberation and my oneness with you. Wow, that's a mouthful. Yeah. Eating of the divine. Fill up. As I say, the buffet table of life. The one of loving. That great mana from heaven. But we got to get ourselves to the buffet line. In that radiant form. The true spiritual teacher. Yes, Jim and I share out here. But the true form of the teacher, spiritually, is that living, loving essence expression of God's loving in which we are a part of, that we are one with. But all we're doing on this part of the journey is learning how to live that. That's all. We're just learning how to live that. And as we learn how to live that, then all of a sudden we do live it. We do awaken into it. We do understand and know what it is. It's just this funny journey that often seems back and forth where we're dealing with a karma, now we're just dealing with loving, now we're dealing with a karma, now we're dealing with... So that's it. It's back and forth until eventually that loving is all the way now infiltrated into all the karmas, into all the darkness, into the very bottom of that spiral. It's often known. The higher you go, the lower you go. The lower you go, the higher you go. So in other words, don't fear or avoid or resist going to the bottom of that barrel or the bottom of the spiral. Be open. Say, okay, Lord, if that's where you want me to go, I just ask that you come with me, assisting me to awaken, to come to the greater learning and understanding of this opportunity before me so that I may live the loving more fully in all of my life experience. And in that, I can awaken and know my liberation and my oneness with you. That's how you truly live a liberated soul. That's how you live the loving. That's what a liberated soul is, is one who lives the loving in any in all experience, no matter how low or how high. So guess what? If you want to go up in the soul realm, if you want to go into the realms of spirit, if you want to go into the heart of God, you also got to be willing to go to the depths of hell, the bottom of the barrel. Because to awaken to the fullness of God, you've got to awaken to the fullness of God (coughs) in the very bottom and the very top. Because in truth, it's all one. So don't make it just, oh, I'm living in spirit, or I'm just living in hell, because it's all of it. It's all of it. God is in all of creation. So you've got to live in all of it to really live in God. That's liberation. There's no judgment, fear, avoidance, or resistance of the darkness. Well, guess what? As we keep our eye on God and move what seems that upward journey, as we do, it's really just an expansion that at the same time, we're also awakening in the downward journey and in the outward journey and in the inward journey and in the sideways journey. In the diagonal journey, in the backwards and forwards journey, in other words, in every direction, that's the truth. But you've got to be willing to go there. You've got to be willing to stop avoiding, because as soon as you do, guess what? You let down all of your defenses that you were keeping up to keep out the bad experience. The problem is, when you keep out the bad experience, you're also keeping out the good. That's the dichotomy of it. You've got to surrender fully. And the funny thing is, that which you feared, as it begins to come upon you, because it will, that's how it tests us, we'll start to cringe and pull in and say, oh my God. And then all of a sudden, in that last moment when it's going to get you, you all of a sudden go, okay. And you let go, poof, it's gone. I'm not kidding, it's gone. Because we finally let go of the illusion. And it's that illusion that stirs that fear in us that makes us cringe to go into contraction, resistance, and separation. And as soon as we let go of that, the separation, the reaction is gone. And once that's gone, all of a sudden, there's spirit. Because we've let go of the illusion of separation. And now there is just the spirit, the divinity, that's always there and was there with us to begin with. Always has been. We just sometimes feel forsaken, like it's gone somewhere. It's never gone anywhere. So surrender. Literally, put your arms out and surrender. The symbol of the cross is really the surrender to awaken to the Christ. That which is the soul awake, that's the Christ, is the awakened soul. All right, if I can say, that was a good one. (laughs) <laughs> that was all I was gonna say.
1: That was very good. And there was a lot of truth in all of that and a lot of wisdom <coughs> that if we'll take in and begin to live, our lives can really be transformed. And I love that image of arms outstretched. And oftentimes you see people that are considered to be sacred, religious, mystical, saints, whatever, in their painting or in their photographs, they'll often have their hands out in some way of receiving, of bestowing, of vulnerability, of acceptance, of allowing. All of that takes place when you just open up. Oh, is you it too? Need to a little more. Maybe so. So the key is, is just to allow yourself to move into that in every situation And if you find that you're confronting something or someone is confronting you, rather than shutting down or going under the defensive, open up, just be vulnerable and say, okay, I'm willing to talk, I'm willing to share, I'm willing to listen, I'm willing to be, I'm willing. And see if you can move with or through whatever that is that is the confrontational energy that is inside of you or outside of you. It's really in vulnerability, it's an openness It's an acceptance and it's an allowance that you can stay in the loving. And it's in the loving that things can be transformed. Just as karma can be lifted, karma can be transformed, your life can be transformed in loving. So whatever that situation is your life that you just don't know what to do with, that it's just in your face, or it is your face, that you just need to be in loving with it. Just move into loving. Because then you can move into acceptance with the situation, whatever it is, in a very different way. And through that acceptance, you can begin to find solution, understanding, allowing, whatever it might be. I find that when I am in resistance and I begin to shut down to something, I discover that I'm only pulling away because I'm afraid of what this uh, opportunity offers me. In truth, the opportunity that's coming to me right now is a lesson for me to learn. And oftentimes it's about me. It's not about anything else. It's just about me and where I've still maintained a a closed off pattern, shut down, pulled away, resistant, not willing, defensive, whatever you might say about yourself in that situation. But the moment I can allow and just say, okay, I'm gonna walk into this, I'm gonna listen, I'm gonna hear what they have to say, I'm going to see what's really going on. I'm going to see how I can participate in this differently. I'm going to find the words that I'm not finding to be able to share myself. You know, just however it might be. You're going to find change. If we want change in our lives, we've got to bring it about. We are the instrument of change. And the only way that we're going to find that taking place is by willing to do something different. Doing something different. That way we can begin to discover the truth of ourselves and that path that we really want to walk. And life is really a series of discovery. It's discovering who we are, it's discovering where we're going, it's discovering where we've been, it's discovering why, discovering how, discovering what. It's just discovering all this in this creation. And it's interesting, in spirit, there is no discovery. There is no challenge. There is no shutdown. There is no having to move into something different because spirit is consistent, it's loving, it's present, it's now, it's God, but here it is a place of separation. The physical universe, the physical creation, all of these realms below the soul realm is really a creation of separation. And as long as we are trapped in it, as long as we are focused only into it, we live in separation. We live in separation from the truth of who we are and the Creator and in that place of oneness. And we live in separation from ourselves down here. And that's the challenge. The separation that we find ourselves in this world (coughs) for ourselves is a reflection of that same sense of separation from the Creator We are also the creator. We have separated ourselves both from God and the spiritual universe, but we've also separated ourselves from the God that sits right here at the seat of the soul. We've separated ourselves. And all we have to do is to begin to turn back in and look up and say, Lord, I'm yours. Lord, I'm with you. Lord, be with me. Lord, go with me. Go before me. Assist me. If you invite God into your situations, if you and God invite God into your daily walk, God will come with you. But you have to invite God in. God just doesn't sit there and impose himself on you in any way, shape, or form. God will walk with you if you invite. God will walk if you welcome. But be aware that when you invite God in, change comes with it. Years ago, Well, I had someone who I was sharing a great deal with, and he wanted to start uh, the spiritual path in in a real vigorous way. So I said, well, here's the tools, here's the keys, here's what you need to be doing. And he began on it. And before we started all this, I said, are you really ready to do this? Because I said, once you really invite God in and you really do it, things get running fast. Things move. Things change. And once you start this, it doesn't stop. Even when you yell out, stop, stop, I don't want any more, it just keeps going because you've now opened the floodgate. And once you open the floodgates, there's not any closing of this this flow. And he said, oh, I can do it. I can do it. I'm ready. I'm I'm anxious. I want it. About three, four weeks later, he called me. He said, Jim, is there any way we can slow this down just a little bit? I said, I warned you. I told you. He said, okay, I'll take it. I'll do it. And he did. And his life really changed in a wonderful way. And his life changed rapidly, not in the outer sense, but in the inner. What he was complaining about was not in what was going on in the world outside of himself, but what was going on inside. He was really, truly having to meet up with all those things in him that he had judged, that he had feared, that he had denied, that he had pushed away, that he didn't want to take responsibility for. All of them came up just rushing towards him and demanding opportunity, demanding change. And so he had to take responsibility for all of that and began to do just that. Well, the easiest way to do it is through loving. And that's what he realized because he was a doer. He was a builder in the world. He was very successful. He knew how the world worked. And so he thought that the world inside worked the same way as the world outside. You give it an order and it obeys. You want it, you ask for it, and you get it. But inside, it's not that way. And that's what he realized. He couldn't order it around. He couldn't be the boss. He couldn't demand. He couldn't make it happen, just because he said, I'm gonna make it happen. And it was after that three or four weeks when he called and said, could we slow this down because I just can't handle this. And we talked a little bit more and I began to express to him once again about the loving that he went and did it differently. He began to approach it all very differently. And loved it all, loved the disturbance, loved the unquiet, loved the visions of himself that he was coming up with uh, as he began to see different parts of himself that he'd always avoided. He loved it all. And in the loving, it began to quiet. And in the quiet, he began to see the new way, the new approach to his life. And that made a huge difference. Struggle, what do you get in struggle? Struggle. What do you get in a fight? What do you get in an argument? Does it lead to success? Does it lead to fulfillment? Does it lead to letting go? Does it lead to completion? Not usually. Any argument I've ever been in, and it stays as an argument, I walk away and I'm disturbed, I'm challenged, I'm trying to figure out what the hell just happened. Why am I caught up in this? And it just runs and runs and runs inside of me. Irritation, upsetness, trying to find the reason why. How did I get here? How did they get there? Why are they putting this on me? But if someone starts an argument with you and you just sit there and listen in loving, not taking it in, not taking it as as your fault, but in loving, you're going to find that eventually they will quiet down. And they will begin to have a discussion with you rather than an argument. And then you can begin to move the energy in a way you can't as long as you're participating equally with them as an argument. You have to remove yourself from the illusion. You have to pull back from this reflection. Not go get caught up in it like Alice in Wonderland falling through the mirror and believing the illusion. You have to step back from the mirror and just observe. Just observe. Just be the observer and see what's really going on and who is it that's speaking now and why are they speaking this way and what are the words they're showing with me. And don't take them in as, now I have to do something with this, but rather just listen and begin to see if there's a new way of approaching these situations in your life and approaching your life differently because of that. It's wonderful to actually be able to step back and observe in the midst of a storm, whatever it might be, to observe the storm and witness it for what it is, and then be able to move with the storm, move even through the storm, And find freedom in it. And realize you never got caught up in it. That's a big one. You didn't get caught up in it. We get caught up in so many things. You're driving down the street and somebody pulls in front of you. Somebody honks at you. Can you step back and just be the observer and maybe see what's going on and why did they honk or why did they pull in front of you or whatever that might be? Or do you just... Really get into the whole picture of it and get upset and get involved more and more into the illusion. And I can say that because I've found that for myself. There are days when I can drive and I can be the observer and I can be neutral and everything's just fine. And no matter what they do, okay, okay, well, that's fine. But then there are other days where I'm just not centered. I'm not focused in that way. And the little thing will just disturb me because of what somebody else has done in my world. Well, it's not in my world. It's in the illusion. And the illusion has just got me caught up in it and got me further caught up in it by disturbing my my own little illusion. So find that way to step back. To be of the observer. And that's what we're doing in meditation. We are learning how to step back, to go within, to go inward and upward. That's the movement of withdrawing from the illusion and returning to the reality, to the true. And it's in the true that we can observe the illusion, witness it for what it is, and then see how we want to approach it, how we want to live into it, or how we want to let go of it. Do we participate or do we not? Is there a reason for participation or is it better just to leave it alone? Sometimes it's better just to let somebody say what they want to say and get it out and be done with it, and then you get on with your life and let them get on with theirs and see how things settle out. Then for you to enter into the illusion and start arguing with their argument and start defending your territory. I mean, what territory do we really have to defend? Do we have anything to defend? Well, yeah. I'm right and they're wrong. And I know I'm right. And I can prove I'm right. And all I have to do is yell it enough at them so that they get that I'm right and they're wrong. Well, it's interesting because just on the other side of the, the coin, they're saying the same thing in the process with you. If they just shut up and listen to me, they'd hear I'm right and they'd know they're wrong. Is there a right and is there a wrong in this creation? Well, yes, because it's polarities. This is the world of polarity. So there's always a right and there's always a wrong in the approach and the attitude and the experience of it. It's polarity. What we have to do is find that place of neutrality, find that place of observation and see how we can move in this creation without creating a lot of disturbance or allowing it to disturb us anymore. Meditation allows us to do that very easily and very quickly in comparison to anything else that I know of. Then the key is is to keep choosing into the neutrality when that opportunity is available to you. Keep choosing into being the observer. Keep choosing into movement with awareness and loving in your life i found for myself and i know others have too that in their meditation they have sensed and known that movement of the divine loving they see it they feel it they hear it or they know it at some level sometimes it's in their meditation and often it's more in the world as the world reflects back to them who they are becoming what they are discovering and opening up inside themselves. But the meditation is a key to having the life that you want even here in this world. The world doesn't change, you do. You change your approach, you change your attitude, you change your experience by changing your process and your focus. If we're focused ever inward and upward, or as often as we can inward and upward during the day, sharing our loving with God and opening to receive God loving, and that just takes a second of looking up. We don't even have to think of it. We just have to look up and allow that flow to take place. Then we begin to experience our life as changing. And we begin to experience that we are truly walking life in a different way. So if you find in a day you are disturbed, you're getting caught up in other people's process, stop for a moment and see if you can, for that moment, just step back a little bit, take a deep breath, look inward and upward, give it to God, and just observe, just listen, just be. And realize that what you're witnessing oftentimes is the illusion and disturbance with itself. The illusion caught up with itself. The illusion trying to solve itself. Well, that's a big one. I challenge you to try to find solution for the illusion. I don't know of a solution for this world. Because there's a beginning and end to everything here. There's a birth and a death to everything in this physical creation. One day this planet itself will die. It had a beginning point and it has an ending point. And it will be no more. Ashes to ashes and dust to dust. This planet and all of us and everything of the physical creation was created out of dust and ash, and it will return back to that. And there is no solution to that that's gonna change it. Change is change is change is change, continually. So why struggle to keep things the same here? Why struggle to maintain what isn't maintainable? Why not just allow the change at the physical level to take place as it's going to, love it as it goes through its process, and find a way to be more neutral, not reaction, more inaction. And then life becomes simple, easy, and grace-filled, because you're living from a different place. You're living from the soul. You're living from the truth of who you are as the loving essence of God rather than of the mind and of the body. And boy, those are big, big differences. I ask myself quite often, why meditate? Why meditate? Why do I want to meditate today? Well, when I was younger, the answers were different almost every day. Now it's the same because I want to be in that loving. I want to be in that oneness with God. I want to experience, however I'm going to experience today, that movement of the divine with me and in me. That's why I meditate. And maybe it's for all of us to ask that every day. Why do I want to meditate today? Why now? Why today? Why meditate? And begin to find the true, simple answer to that. Because once you have that inside of you answered, it's easier to approach it every day. It's easier to spend the time, to dedicate the time. Because you know, why? Why are you doing it? When we were on this last trip, a lady came up to me and asked me something of that question. She said, Why meditate? Why meditate? You know, I've got a full life, I'm busy every day, I've got kids, I've got a husband, I've got a job, and that's not enough. Then I've got to come home and take care of the house, and I just want a little time to myself where I can sit down and relax, and the way I relax is I watch TV. And now you're telling me I've got to give up that little time, I've got to relax and be with myself and watch TV to meditate why do I have to meditate? And I said, wait a minute, I didn't say you have to meditate. I said, we're offering you the opportunity to look at meditation as a way to find peace and and answers of things inside of you for the loving, the joy, the gratitude to come forward. And she said, well, I want those things, but I, I need my TV in the evening just to break away and get away. And I said, well, then that's fine. Then do the TV. There's no demand. We're not demanding anybody of anything. And she said, well, I just needed to know I didn't have to meditate. She said, now I'm going to try it. I'll give up an hour of TV and I'll spend some time meditating and I'll see what happens. And I said, well, that's your choice. And it may be a good choice. So give it a try and find out. And that's what we all have to do. We've got to find why we want to meditate in order to really make it easy to choose into this and not that. That's why I ask it every day. Why meditate? When I was younger, I asked, well, why do I meditate in the morning and not in the evening? I tried doing it in the evening, and now I do it in the morning because I found out it doesn't work for me in the evening. It's just all movement. Choices and experience to be had. Okay. Fun, fun, fun. Well, thank you all. And I guess we'll be here next Sunday. So we'll see you maybe then.